This week is going to be an awkward one when it comes to the the podcast. I'm in my Airbnb in Orlando, Florida. Don't have a desk. I'm holding the microphone. So hopefully there's not a bunch of, I don't know if that indicated any noise, microphone noise as me literally shaking the microphone because I'm holding it in my hand. But uh, anyway, we made it finally. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, yeah, so made it down to Orlando uh, on very little sleep, got four hours of sleep, but I am here. I wish I could sleep on planes. I don't do well on planes. I had a decent flight, but I still don't do well. Um, but uh, we are going to talk, uh, just kind of setting the scene for Orlando, uh, for the Citrus Bowl here. Uh, we're just kind of give you a little rundown of uh, what to expect, what's uh, going on so far, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. Uh, then we will get to uh, get to Quiddy Pay decided that he is coming back to Michigan. He announced that as I was waiting for my flight last night. And uh, also, there's a player that I fully expect to be back based off of a conversation that I had. Uh, so I will share that. We will talk about the ramifications of both. And then beyond that, uh, let's take a look at, uh, I had an idea. I didn't write it down, of course. Uh, we'll see if I remember it. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, again, my working quarters, not uh, not my typical deal uh, since I'm staying at an Airbnb and not a hotel. So a uh, little bit, uh, the computer is a little ways away from me. I'm holding the microphone. Um, sitting on a bed. Uh, that's uh, that's how we're working this week. But we will get them in this week. That is the important thing. So let's get to it. Um, welcome to Orlando. Uh, I guess uh, I made it in. Uh, 4 a.m. is when I finally got to my Airbnb. Uh, but uh, flight was super, super delayed. Finally made it down. So exciting. Got a schedule just chock full of things. Uh, Michigan made it down yesterday afternoon. They got to enjoy that. Uh, enjoy the day, but then it, it starts today. Uh, practice in the afternoon. We will get to see a little bit of that. We will then get to uh, to talk to a couple of the guys, but not for very long because that's at three fifteen p.m. And then they are going to Universal Studios at five, uh, which uh, I will be there as well. I'm very excited for that. Unfortunately, rain is in the forecast, so hopefully uh, they get to actually enjoy. I don't know how much they close down at Universal because it's not like everything's a roller coaster, you know. But uh, very much looking forward to uh, to going there and enjoying some of that with them and what have you. Um, so yeah, uh, we are uh, we're doing that today. They they've got obviously practice all week. Um, that's the I think tonight's pretty much the big fun thing. They're, they are having something later in the week at main event. I'm not really sure what that is. The only thing that looks like it's a joint deal is something with kids. There's like a kid's day. I believe it's on the 30th. Uh, again, I guess maybe the Citrus Bulls learned from the Outback Bulls mistake of like, hey, let's not have a bowling competition in between the teams where they can get into a, get into a near tussle. Right? Because that was, that was interesting to be in the middle of. Felt a little scary for a second. It never really got to a brawl, but like when it started being, you know, a cup, bunch of, uh, you know, hyped up 20, 20 year old uh, jacked up guys from that uh, didn't like each other, kind of getting each other's face. You know, that was all it got to, but it was like, 
I don't know if I'm personally built for this, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it was, it was a fun, that was a fun event, but uh, these bowl games are always fun. A lot of people don't recognize that. Uh, and people are usually surprised when they ask me, are you going to the citrus bowl or are you going to whatever bowl game? And I say, I'm going to be there all week. They're like, what are you going to be there all week for? Like because they do have all these events, because we do get to uh, they get to practice down here, they get to go and have a little bit of fun. Uh, Harbaugh has been a lot more relaxed when it comes to allowing them to have fun. Because I remember the Orange Bowl, uh, he they didn't do anything, right? They didn't like. I think the the biggest thing that they went and did was got dinner at Fogo de Chao on South Beach. Uh, otherwise, they didn't they didn't go to the beach. You know, it's like. Florida State went and rode jet skis and stuff like that. Michigan did none of it because uh, Harbaugh said it was a business trip. Well, that's changed uh, in the last couple of years. Outback Bowl got to have the beach day. Harbaugh was there at least for a little bit. Uh, it was um, that was really cool. Obviously, there's no beaches here, but you've got theme parks and what have you, and they allow some of these guys to to partake in you know the planned activities as the actual bowl committee planned. Uh, I'm excited to see what this ends up being because it's interesting. The Citrus Bowl has a kind of baked in uh, ability with Universal and, and there's nothing Disney on the itinerary, but I'm sure that, you know, if guys wanted to go to Disney, they very well could, at least, you know, after everything. That's my personal plan uh, to do that on the second. Uh, but uh, it it's it's hard for them to be able to compete with, in my eyes, the Peach Bowl, which this is my fourth bowl game. The Peach Bowl was incredible. And I know I'm speaking from a media perspective. And if you look really closely on Twitter, you'll see Brandon Justice, Josh Henschke and I, or even Angelique and John U. Bacon and Chris Ballas, you know, all rave about the media hospitality suite, which was honestly a really incredible experience, even for someone like me who doesn't drink. Uh, it was an incredible, incredible experience. But top to bottom, the Peach Bowl just had... So many things planned. The only thing that really kind of was baked in that was like, okay, Atlanta has this over anyone else is the College Football Hall of Fame, which was awesome. But beyond that, like, you know, you're having it in a city that is 50 degrees in December, which I know that's what it is in Michigan right now. But imagine that you're, hey, you're in a bowl game. You you get to go somewhere and you're going to someplace that's barely warmer. I remember there were a couple of days in Atlanta when it was like 60 that week that when Mich Michigan had the same weather. So it's like, you're not getting anything different. Now I know in Michigan right now it's in the fifties and it's supposed to be pretty nice all week, but it's a little different down here. You can feel the humidity the moment you get off the plane. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm definitely granted. This is more my four hours of sleep, but I went from being like, all right, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go for a run. I haven't ran in months, but I'm going to do it. And lack of sleep plus humidity makes that be like all right let's let's wait till night <laughs> let's let's wait till maybe maybe the evening i think that may, that's gonna be a better better option here but uh these bowl weeks are really fun because they do have so many things that are planned you get to they get to really bond and do some things together and i know team wise you're gonna bond and what have you anyway but like to me it feels like it's a little bit more because you're out somewhere, uh, I know that we as reporters tend to bond a little bit more on these bowl game trips. And between, you know, getting to go and do things like Universal or Main Event Entertainment, again, I don't really know what that is. 
but like getting to do some of those things together, it's in, in, in not in a obvious football capacity. Like last year, they went into Andretti Racing, which basically was an indoor go-kart track plus a Dave and Buster's type situation. Like, that's really cool. And it really, you know, they spent hours there. And it was, I was essentially watching them have fun because I just was taking a ton of pictures. And that's just a great, a great deal. All right. Uh, let's get to the quitty pay thing. And then again, I said, there's one player based off some conversations I have had that I anticipate will return. Now, we'll see if that happens. But remember, if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to Breaking Tea. That's the letter T, dot com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm going to try to digitally eliminate my fan, but if this podcast sounds weird, I refuse to turn the fan off because, again, it is really warm in this place in Orlando. It's not even that hot yet. It's like 76 degrees, but it you can feel it. I like warm weather. Though. It's just the humidity, you know? Um, all right. So huge news, Quiddy Pay. Uh, granted, he said about two weeks ago, a uh, little less than, at the uh, the Shemi Awards that he anticipated that he would return for his senior year, but he he wanted to make sure, put in his grade, and figure out, but he said, probably going to come back. It's you know going to be for the team. It's going to be for me. It's going to be all of that. Uh, but he confirmed it yesterday, uh, pretty late last night. He tweeted that he is in fact coming back for his sen- senior year, so it is going to be uh, it is going to be Quiddy Pay and uh, Aiden Hutchinson, senior Quiddy Pay, junior Aiden Hutchinson on the ends. That is huge for Michigan. We'll get to the ramifications in a moment because I know there are people that want to know who I am going to mention when it comes to the person that I believe is coming back. Uh, I had a conversation with someone yesterday, close to the Michigan side of things, as we like to put it. And after that conversation, I am in full belief, I would be shocked if Nico Collins does not return. As in, I fully expect Nico Collins to return for his senior year next year. Now, I know that that was in uh, my guy, Brandon Knapp. He did his predictions of who uh, who will and will not come back. And those were just uh, just predictions. Just, you know, he's just literally looking at the tea leaves and doing his thing. That wasn't like he spoke to anybody. Uh, this was this one is something that I guess you could say is, quote, sourced. Uh, I do believe Nico will return. Uh 
again, I would be surprised if he doesn't. Now, that's huge for multiple reasons. Now, we obviously don't know what Donovan's going to do. Tariq is already gone. But you still already have, you know, you, you've got Sainer still, Ronnie Bell, Giles Jackson, Cornelius Johnson. And then you're bringing in A.J. Heading, Iman Dennis, Roman Wilson. That's kind of incredible. The depth there. Nate Shanley will be back. He's been injured all year. Think about how incredible the depth is. And plus, you just have your game breaker up top. And then we'll find out more, obviously, about Donovan. Uh, if Donovan does decide to come back for another year. Uh, I don't have any intel there, but I, I, I'm i 50-50 on how I feel about it. Uh, but huge for Michigan as far as getting that you know, honestly, in my opinion, and I'm sure most of yours as well, the best receiver that they have coming back for another year. Uh, I think Nico has the capability of being a first-team All-Big Ten guy. I think he has the capability of being an all first-team All-American. Obviously, you just have to get him the ball, though. You have to target him. You can't. He can't get there if the ball's not coming his way. But to me, I think it would be if if. If you had to lose one or the other, and Nico or Donovan, it, it would be disappointing either way to see you lose that that guy without him having had the prolific production that I think that people anticipated when they signed on. But I just feel like Nico is the guy with the way he looks, the way he plays. You know, they talk about him having that meanness on the field. To me, He's the one that if I could bring one of the two back, he would be the one I'd bring back. And it would be more disappointing, I think, to see Nico go without having have that that career that's looked at like in, in the essence of a Mario Manningham than Donovan. Now, it's it would be a shame if Donovan went because five star kind of didn't hasn't lived up to those, you know, those ideals yet. He played throughout the season injured. Uh, from the summer injury that he was dealing, spring summer injury that he was dealing with, so it's understandable. But again, you know, that would kind of feel like a Stefan Diggs at Maryland type thing, where it was like, all right, he was pretty good, but we never got to see him really thrive yet. But Nico is the one to me that I'd want to see come out and be able to have a year where it's just like, are you kidding me? Because I think he both are capable. But Nico's just a freak. I mean, they're both freaks in different ways. So don't get me wrong. This is, I guess, why Jim Harbaugh says you don't compare <laughs> because you diminish one or the other. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying that Nico, I think, is more special. And this comes from someone who's been following Donovan's career for like seven years, you know, back to high school. I've seen him play in the last five years, six years. So. Yeah. Now the quitty pay thing, that's excellent. You got salt and pepper coming back. And that is huge because obviously you need that consistency. The things that are good, especially on the defensive line, you need those things that are good to shine through because right now Michigan does not have a very full complement when it comes to going into next year because we don't know yet who's going to step up a defensive tackle because you lose Carlo Kemp. Dwayne Four, you would imagine, would be back. So at least you have him, but like, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Donovan Jeter? Is it going to be Chris Hinton? Is it going to be Mozzie Smith? 
but now at least you know you have th- those consistent ends, right? You you have ends that are going to put fear, strike fear into the hearts of the offensive backfield. They just are. So that is excellent stuff. All right, let us move on. I never got to really uh, remember exactly what it was I was going to say about uh, the, the final segment. So we will just talk just kind of general. General outlook, Michigan-Alabama, Citrus Bowl, let's do it. Hopefully I find a better setup than this because, yeah, not being able to look at a computer, you know, holding my microphone, just the way this is set up. Um... Yeah, just uh, we'll figure out something. Maybe I'll just have to go to the media hotel and record there. It might be awkward. People trying to write, but uh, then at least uh, I could I could have notes in front of me and things of that nature. Because right now I do not. But uh, anyway, Michigan, Alabama. We, we've covered quite a bit of this. Obviously, we talked about you know the two teams going into the game with different expectations. Uh, we've talked about you know a lot of different elements. I, one of my conversations that I had kind of leads me to believe, though, that like the Ohio State game, it it is an aberration, right? And I know I'm I, I'm not going to say Jim Harbaugh is John Cooper because I don't think that's the case. And I know Chase Glasser asked that uh, on the mailbag a couple weeks ago, uh, but I do think that there is some element of turtling when it comes to that, and I know the reasons why. Um, I, or not necessarily reasons why there's turtling, but why things have gone poorly for Ohio State, and it's not something that's necessarily 100% obvious, and I can't share it, unfortunately. But, uh, and then, you know, and then there's the part where a lot of guys had really bad games, right? Like Donovan had a really bad game. Khalid Hudson was kind of uneven, especially the, you know, jumping off sides, things of that nature. There's a bunch of things that just didn't go right, right? Like, Ohio State doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And, it, yeah, they made the one mistake. It Was it Garrett Wilson that fumbled the the punt? Uh, I don't remember exactly who it was, but it's just one of those things where, you know, they don't make mistakes. Michigan made a million, and you're not going to be able to win a game that way. But I don't think that's necessarily – I mean, yes, it could come back against Alabama. Remember the fumble Ruskies? <laughs> Yeah, Fumble Ruski is a different thing. That's a design play, but Fumbleitis, rather, that Michigan had going into, uh, you, know, you know, going at the beginning of the season. But, like, a lot of the things that I talked about at the beginning of the season are still extant, right? Like, it's like that was the issue for the offense. I think probably most of you listening to this have a lot more faith in the offense now under Josh Gaddis, the way things have looked, obviously, starting with the uh, halftime at Penn State. But I, I, I'm right along with you if you're concerned about the defense. But I do feel like Ohio State just kind of had some advantages offensively. And it's not necessarily it's not necessarily strictly talent. And I'm not saying that they're doing anything nefarious. I, it's just Ohio State, this is where, where I do kind of believe the – the Ty Rogers, you know, there is a disparity. It, but it isn't a traditional disparity. 
I, I do think Ohio State just wants it more. I think that's very evident. Their obsession with Michigan, despite their success, is incredible. I know we just pivoted into Ohio State, but you know, but they're uh, they they just want it more. To the, I mean, Ohio State fans are the same way, right? Like I posted on Twitter when I find and it looked cryptic to people who couldn't see the geotag, but I posted finally in all caps when my flight landed at three a.m. and Naturally, I had an Ohio State fan in my mentions being like, finally, finally uh, dreamt that Michigan beat Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, it's an obsession of theirs. I can't imagine back when I was a fan deciding to tweet at Bill Rabinowitz about something that had nothing to do with anything about the rivalry. Right? That's insane. That's insane behavior. But that shows the like, Ohio State cares about Michigan. Michigan cares about Michigan, right? Ohio State doesn't have three rivals. Ohio State has one. Michigan has three. And claims a few more. So, yeah. It is different. But it's also because of that obsession that I think allows Ohio State to perform better in some of those games. Again, I can't, it's kind of unfair that I can't tell you what exactly what I'm thinking here, but it, again, it's nothing nefarious. I'm not saying like they're, they're cheating or anything like that, but we talked about a lot of the things they do off the field, off the playing field that is on, you know, practice and, the Manchurian candidate of it all. This is where Michigan does benefit getting to play Alabama because Alabama does not have that obsession with Michigan, is my point. Yes, Alabama could obviously very well outcoach Michigan. They have, you know, Nick Saban, the best coach in college football, in the history of college football, in my opinion. But... It doesn't mean that things are going to go necessarily the way of the Ohio State game. I actually don't think that it will. So, there's that. Short one today. Again, I'm going on a little sleep after travel. We'll get back into it tomorrow. So, for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. Find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at on Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, email me at iHole at usatoday.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, or you can find them on wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcasts every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team. Every day.